Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and you are listening to Women in Leadership, the show that is brought to you by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast right here in Pensacola, Florida, and it is sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a room full of amazing women that I will be introducing in just a minute. But before that, I do want to let you know a little bit more about the organization. So I am the founding director. I often refer to it as my baby because I did start the organization 13 years ago. And as a matter of fact, I never planned on starting a, an organization. I didn't come up with a business plan and say, hey, I want to start a, a nonprofit for women. It actually happened quite honestly by mistake. So what happened was, is there were three of us women that were trying to get back up on our feet after Hurricane Ivan. And Ivan was pretty traumatic for this whole area. Physically, it destroyed the era area, but then it also impacted the business as well. So we got together really just for the, just for the reason of getting together and, and, discussing what we were going to do next. We needed some verification from each other or at least some camaraderie to know that we were all in the same in the same boat. We got so much excitement out of that one lunch that we decided to continue it and do it the next month as well. And wouldn't you know it, the next month we had about 20 people that came because the word spread and we've been doing it ever since since 2013. So our mission for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast is to promote, advance and improve women in business. We do that through the monthly networking meetings. We invite you to attend. If you're in the Pensacola area, we meet on the first Friday of every month in Pensacola. We also meet on the third Friday of every month in Gulf Breeze. We do a couple other things that help benefit women as well, in addition to this radio show, which helps us get the word out there about more women that are in business and and pass on the tools and the tips that they have found successful in their lives. We also teach Power Up, which is a course of 12 classes that teaches you skills in business efficiency, marketing, networking, and also sales skills. We just finished our third class last week, and our third class was actually on toolbox organization. So we talked about some tools like lead management systems. If you've got a client manager system in your in your business, how do you maintain contact with all your prospects and, and develop them into clients? Also, how to organize all those things that you get, business cards. Stacy and I were just talking before the show about an app called CamCard. And that's one of them that I use to organize my business cards when I receive. You know, you go to these networking events, you may receive 20 different business cards. You want to connect with those people later, but maybe you don't have a need to connect with them right now. So I load all of those into CamCard. So those are some of the things that we talk about in Power Up. You are welcome to join us in our Power Up series. We meet every Tuesday. It's from 1130 to 1, and we meet at DeVillers Square, which is right across the street from Five Sisters in Pensacola. The other thing that we do for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast is we hold an annual conference. So I am super excited. We just announced our keynote speaker. That is going to be Liz Jaswick. She is from the Chicago area, and she is actually coming back here. She was here last year, and she was the keynote speaker for EntreCon. She is a woman in leadership in the healthcare industry, and she's going to talk to us about more ways to uh, to market yourself as a woman in business. So I'm super excited to have her involved. We are also filling the rest of our speakers right now, but if you want to put it on your calendar, our conference will be on Wednesday, October 17th and Thursday, October 18th this year. We just gave the Kids House, the Gulf Coast Kids House, a check for about $1,400 in January, which represented 80% of our profits 
from last year's conference. So we are excited to be benefiting the Gulf Coast Kids House again this year with our conference. And we hope you look at our website or follow us on Facebook and get more information about that event as well. On that note, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we are on Facebook under Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. We are actually on the web. Our internet or our website is powerfulwomengulfcoast.com and connect with us there. The other way that you can connect with us is we have a special event coming up this month. It's our Painting with a Twist friend raiser. So of course, we're going to be raising some funds, but our bigger goal is to is to build up our friendships of partners in the community and also other women that might want to check out our group as well. So plan to come to that. That is March 28th. It will be at the Painting with a Twist on Bayou Boulevard. You'll get to have some fun. We've got some wine. We've got food that's been donated. And you'll get to paint a beautiful beach scene on your picture. Have a great time with with a bunch of our ladies. And it's a great way to raise some funds for powerful women. As Jenny, as the owner of Painting with a Twist, she's giving back 50% of the profits from the event to powerful women of the Gulf Coast. So we're super excited about that. Now, I'm going to actually turn it over and introduce our guests in the studio today. So I'm super excited. We've got three guests. The first one I want to introduce this morning is Stacy Ribello. Good, Good morning, morning. Stacy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Stacy is the owner and also the vice president of Home Instead Senior Care. Yes. And you've been in the home industry for, or the elder care industry for quite a while, haven't yes. you? Yes. Um, my first experience actually was back in 97, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> um, I worked for Baptist Hospital and this is back when Quint Studer was the CEO. Um, and, you know, I just remember, you know, hearing so many inspiring things about him, the changes he was making to the hospital, and it really kind of motivated me to really explore more in that industry. However, I did, um, go into education. So (laughs) I knew you were a teacher. How long were you in the education field? Um, I, I, let's see, I did it for about five years and I did a little bit of inner city in Memphis, Tennessee, because that's where my hometown is. Um, But I did come back to Santa Rosa County where I had actually previously done my student teaching and uh, did several years there in Santa Rosa County, which was, they were both wonderful experiences, Uh, very different, but um, I learned so much from both of them. I can imagine. And, And the heart of a teacher, you have a compassionate spirit, don't you? Oh, yes. Is that what led you into the career you're in now? It is. Um, you know, I just feel like now my job, I'm still teaching. I'm educating the community on our services. And, you know, the biggest thing for me with my job at Home Instead is making sure that all of our caregivers, home health aides, and CNAs are educated properly. Because that really is, we're, we're as good as what our caregivers are. Absolutely. And, and the education is a huge part of the business. And I really, really put a lot of emphasis on that. And I really feel like that goes back to my education background. Absolutely. And in the elder care industry, I mean, I have my husband's grandfather is 93 and he lives alone and he takes care of himself. He still drives, which scares me, but that's okay. (laughs) He's independent. He's independent. Yes. And you try to take a 93 year old man's driving license away. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, I don't want to, I don't want to have that kind of fight. He's a little man, but let me tell you, he will put up, he will put up a fight, but I understand what you're talking about, about education because our senior population, we have to protect them. And there are a lot of times they're not in the position to be able to let us know when things are wrong. So Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's wonderful that your company values the education. We do. And that really is the foundation of Home Instead. We, um, 
You know, so many times whenever we go into the family's homes, a lot of it too is just almost sitting down and counseling with the family, helping them make these tough decisions. Because, you know, like you said, you know, you've got someone right there that's resistant about taking the keys away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's telling the family, you cannot be the one that takes the keys away. It's going to have to be somebody other than yourself. You know, oh, yeah. sometimes it's using, giving them a tip like, you need to have the doctor do it. I was going to say, we've already <laughs> we've drafted a doctor's letter. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> We're just waiting for when they're going right? to sign it. <laughs> the doctor is not ready to have that fight either, though. <laughs> well, and, you know, you can go as far as taking them to do a driving test. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You know, I think if you put it in perspective and you tell him it's not about you, it's about other people on the road, Mm -hmm. you know, we want you to make sure that you're safe, but everyone else around you is safe as well. And, you know, you kind of have to put it on them like that. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I take that into consideration. However, whenever we send in caregivers to help drive them around, um, sometimes they realize, okay, maybe my driving isn't as you know, spot on is what the caregiver is doing. Oh, interesting. So, and our caregivers can drive them around. You know, Mm -hmm. as long as the client has their own transportation, we will take them wherever they want to go. And then of course, um, if they don't have transportation, our caregivers can use their own transportation. So they have that freedom. And, you know, who wouldn't want to be chauffeured around? That's what I tell them all the time. I was going to say, I'll take that. That's nice. (laughs) I tell them, like, you have your own personal chauffeur. Exactly. So tell us about more about Home Instead. So Home Instead Senior Care, is it all skilled care? Is it unskilled care? Give us the the details about, and, and, and how are you different than other, uh, your competitors out there? Okay. So that, those are great questions. So the, there are two entities to home care and it is skilled care and non-skilled. Skilled care are your physical therapy, your nursing, occupational therapy. People use those really in short-term situations, like if they've been in rehab and then they need to go home and they've got to get stronger after maybe having a hip replacement surgery or knee replacement surgery, or sometimes they have a chronic condition like COPD. Um, we do the home care sector of it, which is, in other words, the non-skilled. And so we come in, make sure that they're eating properly because nutrition is such a huge factor. And people don't realize that when they're not eating correctly, that puts them in jeopardy of being unhealthy. And then that makes them susceptible to falls. Sure. And a lot of times that's why they end up in the hospital and they've had a fall. Right. So, And those are easy things. I mean, that's happened to me when I've been sick and I just didn't eat. And you don't realize how quickly you lose energy and yes. you lose, you know, your your inner ear starts getting a little wacky and you start being off balance. So exactly. You're and right. That's one of those foundational steps that people don't think a lot about, but you're right. When it happens, it can it can snowball into yep. other things. And eating is such a social activity that I think a lot of people that live alone they think, well, nobody's here. So I'm just going to skip a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not don't really have conversations to have with anybody. So you know, trying to encourage somebody to come in and have a meal with someone, it makes all the difference, especially if they're living alone. Now, if they're Mm -hmm. with a spouse, you know, it is a little different, but then sometimes you run into a situation where one's a little bit more, um, I guess, stronger than the other. Mm -hmm. And so you're the, the one person is having to do all the meals and that becomes a strain. Right. So they need the respite care. So then we come in and provide respite care. So that's another situation that we see a lot. Um, so we go 
you know, beyond the meal preparation and the, uh, the driving that I was telling you about, we even do personal care. So if there's a need for bathing or if they need help with incontinence issues, we can definitely help with that as well. And um, then we go beyond that and we do Alzheimer's care as well. So, oh, wow. And so they, you do the whole spectrum. Yeah, pretty much anything that is considered still non-skilled because this is the difference. If you're doing a skilled care, that's where Medicare pays for it. And that's the biggest question that we get when people call, do you have insurance that pays for Medicare? No. Now, that's not always true because long-term care insurance does pay for us. And a lot of people don't realize that, is that buying long-term care insurance will pay for home care services. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever people use our services, the majority are either private pay or we do have funded programs that will cover us like um, veterans benefits. And um, we have a Medicaid waiver program through the state of Florida that we're a part of. We're contracted with them. Very cool. So are most of your clients at home? Yes. I would say the majority are. We do service in facilities, believe it or not. Yep. Because it's their home. Yeah. So you got to consider, you know, it's wherever a senior is home. And if they have transitioned from a traditional home to an ALF and that's their permanent home and they still need one-on-one care, we will provide that care. Because what happens is when they're in an ALF and they start having a decline in health, the ALF will say, well, you know, either you need to you know, get more one-on-one care, which mm-hmm. you can do privately on your own, or we will have to transfer you to a nursing home. And right. you know, they're like, I don't want to leave, go to a nursing home. I want to stay right. here. This is my home. Right. Yeah. So this is where we we step in and we start providing that one-on-one care for them. Very cool. So just about anything that somebody needs, if they're just, and and it doesn't have to be somebody that has a, 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 um, a you know, a, an illness that, that they're you know, in hospice or anything Mm -hmm. like that. This is more maintaining their quality of life. This can be all of those. And we do hospice support. So we do have clients that are on hospice care. And and this is just me throwing out there for hospice. Hospice is such a wonderful service. And people don't realize that the earlier you get into a service like hospice, the longer you will live. And it really does make a difference when people are getting that right kind of care. And a lot of times the families are worn out and tired because a lot of times they're not getting the rest that they need during the night. And that's where we will come in and we will stay during the night and give them respite care. Or we'll help with bathing because I know that sometimes hospice will do only a certain many days of the week and we can mm-hmm. supplement the other days. That's awesome. And I never knew, I've had a little bit of experience with this and and the older you get, you know, we're all at some point yes. going to go through some of this, if not ourselves, somebody in our family. And I never realized how affordable these services are. So when you're talking about the unskilled stuff, like the person that might come in and and maybe help you know with some of the 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 um, you know personal care issues or maybe mm-hmm. somebody that'll come in and and double check the refrigerator and make sure mom and dad doesn't have you know three week expired milk in there or do some light housekeeping in the house. Yep. Does how much does do those types of services because those are the ones that are the traditional insurance is not going to cover. Yeah, traditional insurance, like I said, will not pay for non skilled care. Mm-hmm. If someone just needs house cleaning, you know I. I tell them like, you know, a maid service is perfectly fine. and But we can come in and do house cleaning too. But what's nice about us is that we will come in and do the house cleaning. We'll do a meal prep too. We'll do clean out the expired foods. Mm-hmm. And then if they need for us to run to the grocery store while we're there, we'll do that as well. But 
you know, the majority of people just really don't fall in that anymore. We have found that, you know, when people need our services, they really need the hands-on mm-hmm. and it really does. It's the majority of the care. Um, and I think that's really what's important is like when we go in and do, we do these home consultations. We're talking to the families exactly about what they need because it really is uncharted territory for so many people. Absolutely. I mean, we have, you know, we have more generations that are living longer more than ever in, you know, human history that we know mm-hmm. of. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're having to make all these decisions. And, you know, we have a uh, home and has such a wonderful um, resource program. And one of them I like to recommend is called the 4070 rule. You can actually go 4070rule.com or you could just buy the book. But basically, if you're at least 40 and your parents are at least 70, it's time to start talking to them about what their long-term goals are for care. There is a difference of having funeral services and having a will. And there's a difference of having long-term care plans. And that's what we like for you to do is to start those conversations. And that's what this book is about, is helping helping you have those uh, starter conversations. Because it is hard. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the majority of the people that are going to receive the care are more willing to talk about it. It's the adult children that are hesitant to talk to the parents. So they that have to be... That surprise me. That's mm-hmm. scary to hear, but that doesn't surprise me. But it really is a you know, and it's funny because, you know, I am in that realm now. Mm-hmm. I've got my parents that are... I am exact- too. The second you said that, yeah. I went, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and you know, my dad is, you know, perfect example. I'm like, dad, what are your plans? I don't have any plans. I'm like, well, we have to make plans. And, yes. you know, he's like, I know. And, you know, he's... But now my mom, my mom's made all her plans. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So but you does. can help a family through something like that. Yes. And resources here in the community, we can help them try to, you know, long-term care insurance is still very affordable mm-hmm. in your 60s, um, 70s, even still affordable. I bought my first long-term care policy when I was in my mid-30s. That's awesome. And I still have it. And, you know, they're really, they're so neat nowadays because what they're doing is they got smart about it. They're not just long-term care insurance policies anymore. They're calling them hybrid policies. Mm-hmm. So you have life insurance and long-term care insurance tied into it together. So basically you never lose the money. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a win-win for everybody because I, I tell people all the time, life insurance is for your spouse, long-term care insurance is for your children. So really it protects both. And it is, it's peace of mind for everyone. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I couldn't thank you enough for the service that you provide. Our elders are really important. And, you know, when we get to that point, we need to make sure we handle everything with dignity and according to their wishes. And and like you mentioned, a lot of times that's hard to to know if you don't have those conversations. True. You know, previously. And when that decline starts to happen, I've seen it in my own family where that decline happens quick. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it's a slow, okay, we know this is coming. Other times it's a, you know, one day, you know, family member was fine the next day, you know, it's panic mode. Exactly. And <laughs> when you're, <laughs> and when you've never been through that to have a company like yours, to be able to lean back on for the resources and just to have that person to say, Hey, we've been there before, you know, we've, we've been through this a million times. We're going to help you through this as well. I think that's so invaluable. Thank you for what you Thank do. You. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. Again, she's the owner and VP of Home Instead Senior Care. Tell us, um, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to check out your services. Absolutely. They can go to our website at homeinstead.com slash Pensacola FL for Florida. Or you can call our call, our office at 850-477-1947. And we are on call 24 hours a day.
Wonderful. And we'll make sure all that information is in the show notes as well. So if anybody missed it on the recording, they can access it again. Thank you so much for being here, Stacey. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, now (laughs) I'm going to introduce Denise Abels. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Good morning. Good to be here. I am glad you're here. You are the board of director of Pay Center for Girls as one of your roles. And the other thing that you do, I didn't know this, that you were a full-time volunteer for Pensacola Women's Alliance. Yes. As well. Yes. And I had not heard of that organization in forever. So I Googled them and I found out you guys provide scholarships to Pensacola State students, UWF students. You have monthly meetings and you guys participate in the Leadership Pensacola program too. Is that right? We do. That's we do. Really it awesome. is it's a business networking group similar to Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And so we get together once a month and have a dinner, but we usually have speakers that come and speak. It's I not saw as, that. Uh, a different format. Yeah. yeah. And y'all have had some excellent speakers. Mm-hmm. I can't recall right now, but I went back through and looked at the list and you guys have had some really awesome speakers. That's fun to do. That was my duty last year was to get Oh, you're you the, the program chair. <laughs> and that was just so much fun. And they said, yeah. now you have to be president and just sit back. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. We're going to talk though about um, a little bit more about Pay Center for Girls. So you've been doing that for a while. You retired as a diagnostic sales consultant back in 2015 Mm -hmm. and now you full-time volunteer. So tell us if somebody has not heard of Pay Center for Girls, which kind of shocks me because that is another amazing organization out there that's just doing some phenomenal things for our youth. So give us the quick rundown on what what is Pay Center for Girls and what do you do there? Right. So Pace Center for Girls is a school um, for girls that are at risk uh, because of different reasons, whether it be uh, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse or poverty or bullying. And they're not doing well in school. In fact, they're not. Most of them have dropped out of school or have been expelled from school for one year uh, from one reason or another or have been already been in the juvenile justice system. So they are um, their lives are not going to turn out very well until they get some some education. And um, so Pace Center is around for that. And we're you know, it started in Jacksonville, Florida. Now there are 20 in the state of Florida and the one here at Escambia Santa Rosa um, does its best to um, make sure these girls are empowered. Yeah, you guys do some amazing programs. I watch you on Facebook a lot. And and we've had Lori on this show too. And Lori mentioned, actually, it was several months ago that you guys were looking at expanding out of the state of Florida. We are. So is that all still in the in the system somewhere? It is in the system somewhere. And I am have not heard the latest on that. So I'll have to ask Laurie. But I, I had heard that we're going to Georgia and to uh, New York City. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, there are so many girls I know in our community, and I can imagine in other communities, that just you know, are, are faced with tough, tough circumstances for whatever reason. And I'm so grateful for somebody like Pay Center for Girls. And thank you for what you do because you serve on the board, which as I'm building a board for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, I know how much of a big commitment that is. So is. thank you for doing that. And you not only do that, but also your, your affiliation with Pensacola Women's Alliance as well. So right. tell us about, I know you've got an exciting event coming up this, actually next month. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Okay. 
Okay, so I, 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 there may be some people out there that think men can't cook, but let me tell you, if you come <laughs> to this event, you'll find out they can cook. And so this is called Men Who Cook. And what it, this is the sixth year we've done this, and there are uh, about 40 guys who participate, and they are our chefs that day. Now, they have to cook these, these um, dishes themselves. They can't have any women helping them. They can have an assistant there, but it can't be a woman. And these are not professional chefs, right? These no, are no. like straight from the kitchen, just yes. dudes that really have some good yeah. cooking skills. If, if they receive any money for their cooking, they can't participate. Oh, So they are non-chefs. Got it. And it's a lot of fun for them to get together and compete with each other. But how they compete is that there are four women professional chefs that are off in another room. And before the guests get there to try out all these delicious dishes, we take uh, the sample of all these dishes to the women chefs and they have a tally sheet and they're very systematic and I'm sure they're very full after tasting 40 different (laughs) dishes. And um, it's funny because at first they're like, oh, this is great. And then about dessert time, they're like, wow. (laughs) And, um, but it's great fun. And so they, they tally up their votes. And so the men get uh, trophies for the best appetizer, dessert, um, salad, soup, etc. So they are very competitive. Yeah, they are. That's what I've always heard about the event is is the competition is serious. <laughs> they get women to rally around them and, you know, vote for my team or, you know, different things like that. I think that's awesome. But it is a fundraiser for Pay Center for Girls. So if somebody wanted to get involved with it, what are you still looking for? Is it is it a sold out event? Or are you still looking for attendees at this point? We still are looking for attendees. Okay. Uh, Eventbrite is the place you need to go and look for Men Who Cook. And you can also call uh, our number 850-478-7060 and ask about tickets. But you can get your tickets on Eventbrite. The tickets are $60 and that pays for all the food you can possibly eat. And I was going to say, you might not even be eating 40 dishes worth. No, but there might be some that you go back for seconds. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Yes, one year they had this chocolate caramel salty thing and uh-oh, <sighs> that was good. Yeah. So it's it's great. Not only do you get the food, but we have beverages there, wine, beer, and soft drinks. And um, not only that, um, we have, uh, auction items, live auction items, and silent auction items. Very I'm cool. telling you, it is a party. It's yeah. just a fun event. Yeah, it sounds like fun. And, and I'm hungry. Right. Are y'all hungry now listening to that? I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely am. So you're not looking for any more cooks. The cooks have already been locked out at this point, but somebody can attend. They can come purchase door, you know, uh, not door prizes, but the silent auction stuff. Are you still looking for sponsors at this point or have you closed out the sponsorships too? We're, we're always looking, always for looking for sponsors. Good. Yes. They come at levels of three, five and 10,000 or, you know, there's, there's been several at the thousand dollar level. We'll take anything because this is for the girls. Yeah. Every bit of this money goes to Pace Center for Girls. All of these um, auction items and beverages and food are all donated. So yeah. the good thing is it's for the girls. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there a specific program that you have this money earmarked for that's going to help with the girls or is it this going to go into the general funds? This goes into the general fund. Good. 
if you, I mean, if you specifically ask, we can, we can earmark it for our GED program or the REACH program or whatever you might want. So uh, you can always come for a tour at the school and find out about our programs. But for this event, it, it goes into our general operating fund, which helps um, complete programs that our other funding might not. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And I think that's amazing. And I love that you guys not only are fundraising, but you're doing it in a fun way. It's, you know, it's it's an exciting event to go to. And like I said, I've heard lots of people talk about the event. So I know, I know it's a fun time for sure. Yeah, it is a fun time. Um, one more thing, Tommy and the Songbirds are, are playing. So we have a band. Oh, so there's entertainment it's too. A party. Food, drinks, entertainment. What what more could you ask for, right? Oh, I forgot one more thing. There's a <laughs> wine wall. So there's a wall of of over a hundred wines. You can pull a cork with a number on it for twenty dollars, and then you get a wine uh, that's worth at least twenty five. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very creative too. Nobody I like wants that. to leave. Of course. <laughs> Why would you want to? <laughs> that is awesome. And the women don't have to cook. I think that's the best part of it. Right. Or they don't clean ha- up. I was going to say, they don't, they don't have to worry about any of that. I love that. All right, Denise, thank you so much for being here. I love what you do with Pay Center for Girls. I love what you do with the Pensacola Women's Alliance as well. And as a matter of fact, you're a member of Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast too, as well as Stacy is too. So thank you for that. Again, uh, let us know how people can get in touch with you if they want to check out Pay Center for Girls or, or get involved in the Men, men Who Cook event. Okay. Paycenter.org. You can go online and find us and then look for Scambia Santa Rosa. And if you want to call our sender, it is um, 850-478-7060. And Eventbrite is where you'll find tickets. Thank you, Colleen. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Denise. All right. I'm going to introduce our final guest for today, and that is Miss Georgia Blackman. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. You and I are a little bit of neighbors because our DeVillers office where I work in is right across the street from the bookstore that that you that you own and run. That's correct. Yeah. So we get to see each other a little bit. Georgia Blackman is the owner of the Gathering Awareness and Book Center, but she is a community activist and has been here her entire life. She was born and raised right here in Pensacola, Florida. She graduated from Booker T. Washington High School, and she's been married to your husband, Johnny, for 56 years. That's correct. Congratulations. That's an accomplishment in itself. (laughs) It definitely is. (laughs) And together they have two children, five five grandchildren and one great-grandchild. That's correct. That is wonderful. Um, A long time ago, you were taught something. If you take care of your community and children, the community and children will take care of you. That's what I was taught. I was going to yeah. say, is the community and children taking care of you now? Yes, they are. All Good. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know another project that you're really involved in is the Ella Jordan House as well. So tell me a little bit about, about your love for the community and, and what you've got going on right now. Well, we uh, <clears throat> the Gathering Awareness and Book Center is um, it was uh, created in 1989, and we've been in business um, pretty close to 30 years. Uh, we are a bookstore, gift shop, educational center. And so we work in the community, but the Ella Jordan House is a part of a nonprofit organization called Mother Wit. And the Ella Jordan House was built in 1890 and Mrs. Ella Jordan bought it in 1929. And so we, um, Ivan came along and destroyed it, truly destroyed it, but we wanted it to keep its historical site. So we, we, you know, kept it there, and we have come a long ways. We've been working on it since 2013, and we have a rockathon coming up on the 24th. It's going to be the Ella L. Jordan African American Museum, 
and Mrs. Uh, Barnes from Tallahassee that run the John L. Riley Museum will be our keynote speaker on the 24th. And we'll be talking about the connection and all of the uh, museums in the state of Florida, um, African-American-owned museums in the state of Florida. And so we're excited because um, when we took over, a lot of people told us that we should just push it down. Uh, you know, it wasn't no, couldn't be saved and all of that, but we've come a long ways and it looked beautiful. And we have people in the community across race and gender that are working to save that house. And mm-hmm. we are very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll be there Saturday the 24th from 11 o'clock until 2. We're asking because the house was built in 19, the house was bought in 1929. We're asking $19.29. <laughs> uh, whatever you want to give. So come out and, and be with us. We will have the we will have the contractor there, the architect that will tell you um, where we are. We have people that have supported this house from the beginning that will tell you why I support this house. And so we just like for you to come out and be with us on uh, March the 24th from 11 o'clock to 2. That's wonderful. And I already knew about that project being an impact member because you guys have applied for an impact grant, which I'm excited to hear that you're going to apply for another one um, because you've got a lot of work to do on that property. You've got to still repair the foundation, do the flooring, windows, doors. I mean, pretty much you've got to recreate this whole thing. And when you're trying to preserve history, some of these pieces aren't as inexpensive as maybe the new (laughs) going to the new way would be. So, you know, what's interesting, I think, Georgia, is the fact that this is when Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize coincidentally that you're on today's show. So I just think that's really cool. You have such history in this community and the history that you're bringing back for the for the Ella Jordan home, I think is amazing. We I think as a community, we should we should rally around protecting that history. Well, that was one of the things about the Ella Jordan house, that it was run by women, all women. And what a lot of people fail to realize that if you hit your Internet and pull up the Colored Women Federated Club, uh, it's still out there. And we had a chapter. Uh, of that group here in Pensacola. Wow. But uh, uh, Mary McLeod Mathune came to that house. Eleanor Roosevelt came to that house. Booker T. Washington's wife came to that house. Wow. And so they did a lot of education. They had uh, tour- uh, they had uh, tutoring for children through the week in the afternoon. They also had on Saturday arts and craft and etiquette training for the children. Oh, so they wow. Did, they did a lot of good things in the community, but it was ran by women. The majority of the women uh, was my teachers. Now, what people fail to realize, I live, on the, I live on the east side. I didn't know anything about that house until the lady came and asked uh, my husband to help her because they graduated from high school together. Uh, I didn't know about that house at all. I didn't know anything um, there's a lady named Mrs. Hill. She has since transitioned out, but she invited me to that house because the women there, uh, when I started my bookstore, and I went there and uh, they bought a lot of books and I was very excited, uh, but I still didn't know the history of that house. Mm-hmm. And I did not get the history of that house until uh, Miss Bevelyn Bain, which is still the president of now, uh, came and asked my husband to help her uh, preserve the house. See, and that's amazing. Did y'all know about the history of the house either? I had no idea. Stacy and Denise. by women. That's amazing. It is amazing. And I think you're absolutely right. We've got so much history right here within our local community that we may not ever even come across Mm -hmm. until somebody brings it to our attention. So I applaud you for what you're doing with that house. Yes. Thank you. And and please, I really want to make this because 
uh, we was out cleaning the house up when we got ready to get started on it. And this person that I had known for a long time used to work at the University of, uh, uh, of University of West Florida. Her name is uh, Janice Piltra. So Janice and I had went back about... I love Janice. Janice. Oh, so she's Janice, so cool. Janice came in the store and she says, uh, I want to donate uh, to the house. And so she gave us a check. And so and I said, Janice, why do you want to donate to this house? What do you know about this house? She said, well, I saw you all cleaning the house up and it was ran by women. And a part of my doctorate degree is on women. And mm-hmm. so I would like to be a part of, um, you know, you, you uh, restoring this house. And so she's been there since the beginning. That's amazing. So we're very thankful for that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. She just won a um, PACE award. And not to do with Pace Center for Girls, but it's the, I don't remember what it's called or what it stands for, but it's an award that's given by the um, Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Oh, okay. And she was just awarded, I can't remember which award she won, but I mean, they only give out six or seven of them Uh a year and they go to the top people in the Uh area. And she was recently recognized and she's, she's now, she's left UWF since the time you knew her from there. And she's at, uh, she runs Studer Education now. And she's amazing. She actually, we interviewed her from Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And we actually put her interview um, in our magazine. And then she was on the cover of our last edition of the magazine. She's amazing. She is amazing. Uh, she do a lot of uh, awesome work in the community. And like I said, we go back over 20 some years and she's always been very active. And I love her part about education. She's really into educating. She really is. She really is. She really is. So what do you need now for this project? A t- a- you do need people to come to the event. So mm-hmm. tell us the date and time and how can they sign up for that event or do they just show up? And then what else are you looking for to help this house get to the, where it needs to be? Well, um, we are over halfway. Uh, fun, uh, you know, we're over halfway. Uh, and that's a good thing. We're not too far over halfway. But um, we would like for them to come out, uh, to come out uh, on the 24th of March. Uh, and we chose March for this fundraiser because it is, Women uh, History Month, and that this house were ran by women. And so we will be there from 11 o'clock until uh, 2. We have speakers, and you can find out information about the house. You can see the house and what great works have been done to the house. So, and then you can, uh, you know, anytime, I mean, you can make a donation, you know, to the house anytime you want, not only just the 24th, but anytime that you want. And uh, so we uh, have, um, you know, we have, uh, we, we own our, we own internet. Uh, LALJordan.com. Uh, they can go, uh, you know, and they can, you know, uh, donate on the internet or however. But we're just asking people. We think that uh, that house did a lot of good things in the community, uh, for the community. And, and so we want to make sure that we save the house. Absolutely. And it's more about, it's about saving the house, but then when you, what you're wanting to do to turn it into a museum, mm-hmm. I think it's really, mm-hmm. I think that's really impactful. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, there's so much to be gained from history yes, and we learn history in school, but there's nothing like going somewhere and actually handling artifacts or reading the stories off the wall and, and just being involved in that experience. I think that's, that's really awesome. So congratulations Thank for that. You so do you still need, and when you say donations, you're looking for donations of cash, I'm assuming, but do you still need donations of people that could perform, you know, these, these trades that are going to need to happen in the house or donate materials? Do you need any of that kind of stuff too? Well, the, uh, the windows have all already been taken care of. I mean, you know, you can do, uh, the doors have been taken care of, uh, you know, 
But uh, anything that you want to do, you know, if you uh, to help. Now, we have a general contractor, so we don't have no volunteer, you know, for that. Okay. But anything Good. that you, you know, you want to do more than glad. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, congratulations on everything you're doing for that. And you've done so much in this community. We would have to go on for hours on this show to really talk about every project you've been involved in. And in addition, running running your bookstore. So if people want to get connected with you and and help you to to do some of these more things, how how do they need to come see you? Do they need to just stop into the bookstore? Stop in the bookstore and uh, come by. We'll open up. Uh, the bookstore is a bookstore, gift shop, educational center. And honestly, when people come into the bookstore and they meet someone, they exchange cards and they get to know each other. So come into the bookstore. It's 314 off the Villa Street. We're open every day but Sunday, 10 to 6. And so come in, you know, come in if you want to donate, but come and just meet, you know, different people. And, uh, you know, we'll be there. And it's really cool because every time I pop in there and you do, you have books, Mm -hmm. but you also have fun stuff like there's jewelry Mm -hmm. and there's always little crafts or, you know, different things Mm -hmm. that's that's in there. And Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times it's different stuff. So it's it's really cool. And you couldn't be situated in a more historical area either, could you? (laughs) You're right next door to Five Sisters Restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of you is uh, Blue Dot. Blue which dots. is one of our, you know, long-standing restaurants here in Pensacola that a lot of people are familiar with. But the vacant lot is what a, a lot of people, you know, when I came up on Belmont and Villas, I didn't come up on there, but I'm familiar with it. Um, right across the street from the bookstore, that vacant lot was uh, the Savoy Bar Room. And I have a picture of the Savoy Bar Room in the store. But uh, all of your greats came there. Uh, I saw Ike and Tina. I saw Louis Armstrong. I saw uh, Fats Domino. I saw James, you know, well, James Brown was always there. But I saw Sam Cooke. I saw Ray Charles. Wow. They all yeah, came, no kidding. Uh, they all came through the Savoy. And uh, it was really, really good. It was really, really good. Talk about some history. I thought, Stacy. I thought I had some cool bands that I've seen, huh? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at Denise, and now looking at Georgia. Yeah, I don't think any of my. You know, I've seen yeah. you two. I've seen. You know, <laughs> but you can't. You can't. You know, you can't even hold a candle to some of the great acts that you've seen. Oh, That's amazing. They, they all came there, and if you look at that picture in this store. You know, it was upstairs and downstairs. And I would always sit upstairs on the right-hand side so I could look down at the stage. Oh, and and have the perfect view. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I'll never look at that empty lot the same way again. (laughs) She must be a lover of music, too. Oh, of course. Absolutely. How can you come from from your generation and not love those roots, those musical roots? Absolutely. do Do you go to the jazz? I do not, but now I'm intrigued and maybe I should. Uh, the one that they have is in September and uh, is down at, um, down by, I think it's, um, I think Mr. Studer Arms, that the place down there, the ballpark and all of that. Yes. But it is there and it is awesome. They have some, whoo. You know. So it must be at the amphitheater. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay, yes, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, that's they, nice. It's always the first weekend in September. And uh, it's 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 nice. It's nice. You know, there's nothing like holding a margarita on the beach and listening to be- beach music. But if you can hold a beverage and sit there and listen to jazz, oh, I've had no. you know some of the most relaxing oh, yes. times. Oh, yes. It is nice. It's- it. It, jazz is like that, that music that just ga- grabs your soul. It is. I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Georgia. You. you are amazing. And now we're going to turn it to, to, into a little bit more of a group discussion. So Georgia shared with me 
on the way in that you have always looked to your elders for information. Yes. And that's where you've gained a lot of your advice. Yes. So pass on to us, what's some of the best leadership advice you've ever received being a woman in business? Well, uh, number one, there's a lot of things that I learned that I still carry until this day. One of the things that I did, I've always looked to the elders. Now, I don't just look to elders because they're old. I look to elders that I've paid attention to and they, uh, you know, they did a good job. When I got ready to go into business, I went to this man that had been in business 46 years. And I said to him, teach me. His name was Charlie Warner and he had owned the Warner's print shop. And he did. He got it and he taught me. I worked for a lady named Carmen Daniels. She had a dress shop downtown. And one of the things that she said um, to us when we was there, all the sales associates, she says that um, when a person opened the door, they're not, you're not doing them a favor. They're doing you a favor. So because whatever you have, they can always go somewhere else and find it. And so she was teaching us that customer service was the best that you can give a person. And so because if they don't get good customer service from you, that they can go someplace else and get it. So I've got a lot of advice and I still do uh, talk to the elders. I was raised by a grandmother and a great grandmother. So I'm, I'm, I'm real comfortable with elder people and I love being around them because I learned at an early age the knowledge and wisdom that they have. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Do you get a lot of books? Are you a book reader? So being that you run a bookstore, do you end up reading a lot of books on leadership advice? Um, to be honest with you, I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I read a lot of books, uh, uh, but mostly, again, I think that I look at to get information. If I had to tell someone about going into business, I would first say, make sure what you're going into, that you really like it. And I would say that uh, make sure that you do not let anyone tell you what to do or what not to do. Let it be your own conviction. Um, and I still, to this day, talk to people that have been in business, uh, is in business that's doing things. And I go to them and I say to them in a very humble way, teach me. You know, mm -hmm. if they have something that I want, I say, teach me. And I sit, you know, I might take them to dinner or take them to lunch. And, and I sit and, 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 and that's what I do. But I get most of my information. Now, I sell a lot of leadership books and a mm -hmm. lot of people come in and get them. But that's not where I got my knowledge from. I basically got my knowledge from, I was in retail for close to 30 years before I went into the bookstore. And I'm a sales associate and I'm good. And I like what I do. Mm -hmm. and so I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you learned a lot. You don't sound like somebody that ever had a problem approaching somebody and asking for advice and, no. and picking their brain. That's what I always say. Let me pick your brain um, for advice. So that's really good. I think that's a great, that's a great tip to pass on to other people to, to not be afraid to no. ask, no. ask for advice. Cause a lot of people are willing to share, you know, and for a lot of people, that's an honor to be able to share their information. Some people take it as a, you know, as a compliment. Wow. I didn't know I was, you know, had value to, to, you know, give on to somebody else, but, but, you know, by sharing it, it's amazing how that, how that transitions. And a lot of them want to share. A lot of mm -hmm. people won't talk because they don't know whether you want it or not. But right. if you go and ask for it, a lot of them want to share mm -hmm. and they will share it with you. Yeah. Just overly humble people, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Denise? Are you a book reader? I am not so much a reader. I do a lot of audiobooks because I I like to travel and I'm in cars a lot, but I do I do like to read and I've I've read a lot of um 
when I was in sales, you know, it was it was advantageous to read some books on that because I had not been in sales and it was new to me for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I enjoyed <clears throat> Wayne Dyer. I, I read read a lot of his stuff because it was kind of a spiritual and enlightening as well as mm-hmm. how to get along with people and how to become more aware and the power of intention. And so that was one of the influential books that that I read and negotiating. I I don't think women are very comfortable negotiating. I know I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm probably one like of the it. worst negotiators. I, I will negotiate for somebody else. Yeah. But for go. myself, yeah, that's a tough thing. It is hard. I was trying to think about things that were, um, you know, leadership advice. And one of those was really taking a course in negotiating and just doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just getting, going to the grocery store. I mean, we do it. We just don't know we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, asking if, um, you know, um, if you see produce that's not quite right, you negotiate on a price for it maybe, or getting a, a fresher product. Mm-hmm. We just don't realize that we do it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just practice. Well, and you know what's interesting? It's it's very similar to what Georgia said. You know, it's speaking out, you yes. know, and having that assertiveness to be able to to question something or to stand up for yourself or or like you mentioned, negotiating. Right. You know, and not necessarily just giving in to, to what the other person you know, is, is asking for. How about you, Stacey? You're a book reader? Um, you know, I'm not a really big book reader, but, um, you know, with my children, I try to help them read books. And Mm -hmm. so that's really tough for me because I'm really kind of forcing something that I want them to do that I'm not a fan of. Now, if I feel like I'm going to get something out of it for myself, um, I will read a book. Um, you know, I would say probably the most influential things I've ever had anyone tell me um, in business is actually from my mom because my mom was the original owner of Home and Said Senior Care. And right. so when Kaipo and I, my mom retired. And so uh, we bought the business from her. And the one thing that she taught me, she was like, if there's a problem, fix it. And I mean, I'm not talking about fix it tomorrow. You fix it right away because that will make your business grow. People know that you care about what you're doing. And and then, of course, your employees will understand that you're not going to tolerate it. Right. So, you know, and the thing is, is that when, in our business, we're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line mm-hmm. on both sides. So, yeah, there are a lot of problems. And that's just the nature of the business. But yeah. we fix it right away. And so um, every year we go to conference in Omaha, Nebraska, which where our home office is. And I remember one year... They had, uh, it was a general session. So there's like thousands of people in there. And the topic was from a woman from the Fritz Carlton. And I'm like, oh, what is this going to be about? She talked about their gold standard. Oh my goodness. Why they I are the only Carlton. And it's all about fixing problems right away. They actually have a book out there called The Gold Standard. It is awesome. It's pretty short read. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm about to make some homework for all my office employees to read this book. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a good way to not only learn on a business perspective, but even in personal issues as well. You know, communication is key and fixing things. And I think sometimes being a woman, I think that, um, I think sometimes people don't really hear us, you know, and we're a little bit resistant about saying what we want to say. But um, I think if you really set a standard for yourself and you really, ex- you know, have that voice, they're going to know. 
that you mean business. (laughs) You're absolutely right. I mean, we talked before the show about something I'm struggling with. And I asked for every one of your advice about how to handle it, because it's not a it's it's what I would call a courageous conversation. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, I call them courageous conversations because there's some courage that's going to have to come from my side about it. But it's a conversation that has to happen. So you're absolutely right. Jumping on things when when they you know, when they go wrong. And and if anybody's ever stayed, y'all all stayed at Ritz Carlton. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like you haven't stayed at Ritz Carlton, Georgia. Okay. You have to live. Put it on your bucket yes, list. Put it on your bucket <laughs> list. You walk into the Ritz Carlton, even before you walk in, the level of service is so remarkable. I mean, it's just amazing. And it all goes back to the training and education of their employees. Mm-hmm. But it really does set, it sets a, a gold standard. And you don't realize the depth of it all until you've actually stayed there. And then, like I said, listening to her speak and then he- reading the book, it like all made sense. Like, oh, oh, yeah. This is why they're the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's why when people stay there, it's an experience and not just a, oh, I slept at this no. hotel last night. It was an experience that mm-hmm. they, you know, stayed at a Ritz-Carlton. I know. So that's amazing. Well, how about um, technology? I know, I know, Denise, you, you mentioned that you have an app that you just absolutely love. So tell us about that tool that helps you on a daily basis. Right. There is a, a mileage tool because I do, um, when I do the volunteer work that I do, that is something I, I use for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. And so I need to know what which trips are for charity mm-hmm. and um, which trips are personal, et cetera. So there is a mileage app called Everlance that I use, and it it tracks your movements simply on a map. You can see it. And then you simply swipe re- right or left to classify your trips as being, um, you know, as, as what you can have medical, um, charity, other, and personal, I believe. And Very then cool. monthly, weekly, monthly, yearly, you can call up the, um, a spreadsheet and it has it all for you. See, that's super cool. I am literally the old school method right now with the little three, three, um, the little steno notebook in my car. And every time I leave, I write down my mileage and where I'm going. Yeah, that is, I need to convert to an app for sure. Yeah, nobody, it just, it's impossible to keep a log. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I used to, but it's hard to it's keep It's really log. hard. Well, and I've always been good. Here we are in March. So I can keep it up for the first couple months of the year. And then that's when it <laughs> yeah. kind of goes away. So this is about the time where I'm going to, you know, stop putting notes in my notebook, which is not good. I need to convert to something like an app that helps me with technology. Mm-hmm. I use Evernote. Do y'all use Evernote? I've heard of that. Evernote, I think it's a cool, like a, I call it like my junk drawer. You have a junk drawer at home that you don't know where to put that stuff that I don't know what it is and where it goes, but let me put it in this junk drawer. So that's what I use Evernote for. So if I'm sitting at home and I'm scrolling Facebook and I should be doing work stuff, but I'm not, I'm on Facebook and I see a really good article that I don't want to read right then because I just want to catch up on the gossip going on with my friends. And then I can send that, I can send that article to Evernote and I can mark it to read later. So stuff like that. I use it. Yeah, I use Evernote for those kind of things. Or when I'm driving and I have a brilliant idea that I need to document, I might go ahead and just click my recorder and record it. And then that goes into Evernote so that I can access it later. Because I just, I can never predict when I have these amazing ideas. Do you ever (laughs) like that? They never come at the time you're sitting there with a notebook ready to write them down. They always come at some... Like three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You're you're on a road trip with your husband and you really shouldn't be working, but you have this great thing, you know, (laughs) so you sneak it in there as well. How about you, Georgia? What do you do to keep up with 
life and time management and technology and tips and well um do you get into any of that stuff uh no i um, <laughs> honest I, woman I, yes I, I have a facebook and i have an email oh, there you go. and uh my uh my my grandchildren take care of it for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be able to converse with them if it weren't for, were for that tool right That's true and so but uh i'm finally you know i'm real good on the inner on, on on the um on the email, I answers all my emails, and I know how to do that. And uh, but I'm working on the Facebook thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. working on that one real hard, you know. But now, don't forget, I'm seventy six. Well, and here's the thing: I don't know that that I honestly um, am a little jealous because mm-hmm. there is so much time mm-hmm. that I spend yeah. on some of these tools that are supposed to help me with efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to help right. me spend more time on the things I want to do. But a lot of times. They get, I either get addicted to them or I get curious and somebody else's life is much more exciting than my life. So let me live through them for a little while. That kind of stuff that, that I do envy people that are not wrapped around that. Well, it's like the book, uh, you know, I can understand, you know, people and they have, you know, the eBooks and all of that now, but you know, when I'm going someplace, I, I like a book in my hand. I Mm -hmm. like to read the book. I like to, you know, carry it with me. I, um. Um, I still have a uh, flip phone. Uh, you know, my <laughs> sons and daughter want to, you know, buy me the new one, but I'm comfortable. <laughs> you can take that phone and put that in your museum in a it. couple of years. But I want to, I, I, you know, I, I like talking to people. Absolutely. I love talking to people. I uh, love face to face. I love talking to people. I hope we can get back to that one day. You know, I was going to ask you about that too, Stacey, because I mean, you've got grandchildren, Mm -hmm. Georgia, and and I'm assuming you have family around you, younger family too, Denise and Stacey. I know you have children. So how do we handle that with the new generation? Because I heard a statistic the other day, and this sounds like a good statistic, that younger people are not having as much sex Mm -hmm. as our generation did at certain ages, Mm -hmm. which sounds like from the outside, sounds like a good thing, right? We don't want (laughs) some of our youth having sex too early. But in reality, the reason that they're not is because they've reduced the ability to have conversations Mm -hmm. and to have relationships, Mm -hmm. healthy relationships. So that makes it even scarier for when they get older and when they're supposed to really have relationships. So how do you handle that with your grandchildren? Well, uh, we have, uh, we have rules and guidelines and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm the grandmother. And so, you know, so you, you make know, all the rules. No, I don't, but I make <laughs> quite a few of them. You know, I have, <laughs> have these certain rules, you know, that, you know, you're still in high school. So there's still time that you be in the house at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, um, you, when you're talking to me, you're not going to be looking at your phone, uh, you know, and so that, you know, they're just rules and guidelines, but what really gets me driving down the road and it, it's not always teenagers. It's people looking on that phone mm-hmm. and they will walk right out in front of you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And they don't, they do not take their eyes off that phone. Yeah. And so uh, we, not too long ago, me and a guy was at the stop sign at A in, um, at A in Cervantes. And this young woman, I mean, we was on green and she ran. I mean, she ran a red light. And she was on her phone. Oh, and, wow. And so to me, they are, there's a lot of danger in it, uh, more ways than one. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And and to be honest, I'll, you know, be honest about myself. I've been, I've been 
so hooked into whatever was going on my phone too, that I just didn't pay attention to, you know, the, what was going on in the world around me. So it can be very enticing and very addictive and, and, and very distracting. Yeah. You you have to watch out for other drivers more than you have to almost watch yourself nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and now we're coming out with cars that maybe be self-driving. So maybe that's a good, maybe that's a good thing. A good Um, love trying those on 98. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I don't think I'll be the first, one of the first ones to be trying those. I'll stay off the road until they're, you know, (laughs) bug free. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And hopefully they have big bright lights so we can tell who right? <laughs> who else is wow. Who else is using that? Well, thank you so much. Actually, we're gonna go ahead and close out today's show. I wanna thank all of my guests today. You guys are amazing. Or you ladies are amazing. Each one of you has been successful in what you're doing and in a little bit of a different aspect. And I just love these shows because it gives me the opportunity to bring three women together that maybe already know each other or maybe they don't. Gives us a great chance to promote some local community events. Each each one of you has, has got stuff going on either with your associations or organizations that you're involved in or with your your own business as well. And thank you, for each of you, for doing what you're doing. Our community couldn't be as strong if it weren't for for you three ladies um, being involved with it as, as well. Thank you. So we'll, absolutely. Thank you. We'll go around real quick one more time. And I want to know who you are and what your business is and how somebody can reach out to you. So, Georgia, tell us again the name of your bookstore and how people can find you. The Gathering Awareness and Book Center. We own 314 off the Villa Street. Uh, we um, open every day but Sunday, 10 to 6. The number is 438-4882, 438-4882. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes too. And if our listeners, if you haven't been to to her book center or bookstore and and um education center that people really need to come check it out because it's really cool Please. it's a it's a nice jewel that we have here in the community so thank you all right denise all right denise abels with the pace center for girls and come out and uh rev up your taste buds and as we say come hungry and leave fulfilled <laughs> on april 8th at four from four to seven at sanders beach go to Eventbrite and get your tickets thank you awesome thank you again denise for being mm-hmm. here stacy Stacy Rebello with Home Instead Senior Care. We're on 100 North Spring Street, and our phone number is 850-477-1947. We can also be reached online at homeinstead.com slash Pensacola FL. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you again and for we are being here, always Stacey. hiring. So if you know of anybody that is looking for jobs, we will do all the training. And um, we, you know make sure that we give them flexible schedules. So send them our way. We'll take awesome. them. <laughs> awesome. We need more. We need more people taking care of our, our, our elders, don't yes. we? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, ladies. You've been listening to Women in Leadership. This is a show brought to you by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast and sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio X. If you want to get in touch with Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we invite you to come out to our monthly networking meetings, come to our annual conference, come to our event this month at Painting with a Twist on March 28th, or just check out Check us out on Facebook or on the on our website. Facebook, you can find us at Powerful Women Gulf Co- of the Gulf Coast or on the web, you can find us at PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will look forward to seeing you again next month. Mm-hmm.